0: In October, something pretty normal happened. CNBC reported that Amazon was thinking about disrupting yet another industry, pharmaceuticals, selling drugs online.
1: And since then, the market's really gone crazy. Um, There's been kind of mass
0: freak out. That's the journalist
1: behind the report, Christina Farr. I'm Christina Farr, and I'm a reporter with CNBC covering health and technology.
0: So when it comes out that Amazon is thinking about this, pharmacies and drug companies and pharmacy benefit managers, they all start scrambling to figure out what they should do.
1: Um, And I think it is so scary for these companies because Amazon has tackled these huge opportunities, like they've taken on publishing and they've taken on groceries. um, And they've basically said, you know, we are not in the business of propping up middlemen. We disrupt the middlemen. And there are a lot of middlemen in healthcare.
0: If you own a national pharmacy chain right now, you are worried about Amazon. And just a few days ago, one company showed us how they're planning to fight against the changes in the healthcare market. CBS, the national drugstore chain, bought Aetna, an insurance company. Now, you might say, hold on, what does that have to do with Amazon, or online pharmacies, or me and my family and our healthcare? Well, it turns out this deal has everything to do with how technology is changing healthcare in your doctor's office and in boardrooms and in bank accounts all over the country, even in Congress. We'll tell you why and look at how patients might actually be impacted by those trends on this episode of Health Tech. From GeekWire.com in Seattle, I'm Claire McRae. Welcome to Health Tech, the podcast where we take you to the cutting edge of digital health. Stay with us.
2: GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast is brought to you by Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group, leveraging best-in-class digital tools to relentlessly reimagine health and healthcare. Follow them on Twitter at ProvInnovation, that's twitter.com slash P-R-O-V Innovation. Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group, making it easier, more collaborative, and more rewarding to take charge of your health.
0: Let's start at the beginning. The deal between CVS and Aetna isn't just about insurance and who buys their prescriptions at what drugstores. A huge focus of the deal is community care hubs. That's what CVS wants to build in all of their locations throughout the country. Customers can come to see a doctor, ask questions about their insurance, pick up their prescription, and maybe buy a Diet Pepsi while they're there. These community clinics aren't new. They've been around for a while.
3: Well, we've seen the advent of these clinics in sort of in in pharmacies come and go in, in marketplaces. So this isn't the first time that we've seen this kind of development.
0: That's Aaron Katz. He's a professor in the University of Washington School of Public Health, and he studies how healthcare markets change.
3: I've been studying uh, healthcare markets in the United States for probably about 35 years.
0: Aaron says there are a few reasons these community clinics are attractive to companies.
3: One of them is an attempt to capture patients, so to capture a market of patients, and then to be able to funnel them to, for example, hospitals. So in the past, we've seen hospitals branch out and create more accessible clinics in neighborhoods. And a lot of that is to capture that patient population so that when they go get the expensive care, like in a hospital or they need a, an, an MRI or a CAT scan or something like that, they'll go to that system's providers, which are not in the neighborhood clinics, but in a central location. It's kind of like, you know, running into a Starbucks in an airport in a foreign country. There's something similar and familiar to you, and so you're more likely to use it. Whether or not you like Starbucks, you sort of know what it is.
0: CVS obviously doesn't own any hospitals, but they have another reason to want people walking through their door. Drugstores are already losing customers to online stores like Amazon. So this is common sense. The CVSs of the world want to do everything they can to physically get people into their stores and buying things there. If someone comes into a CVS clinic to have a doctor look at the gash on their hand, for example, they're more likely to grab some gauze and Tylenol and maybe a snack on the way out. If people can have their prescription sent straight to their door, there's no reason to go to the local drugstore. Of course, there are other things going on that make a merger between an insurance company and a pharmacy advantageous, let's say.
3: The marketplace is changing uh, for a variety of reasons. One is, of course, the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare um, rearranged some of the incentives in the system. And one of the incentives um, that it didn't create Affordable Care Act didn't create, but it kind of strengthened in a number of different ways, was to try to get different kinds of organizations that provide health services together, at least work more closely together, if not actually merge or consolidate.
0: Put those incentives together, a changing economy and regulation around Obamacare, you get a merger like CBS and Aetna. But another big part of the deal is integrating technology. The company said they're going to kick off new digital initiatives like in-home health monitoring. That's something that's becoming more and more popular, but it's a lot easier to do if your provider and your insurance company are on the same page about how it's going to work. Dr. Ivor Horn is a pediatrician and the chief medical officer at a health tech company, Accolade. And she says this combination of community care clinics and digital initiatives could have
4: a huge benefit for patients, or as she calls them here, consumers. The opportunity for technology and the information that can be shared in that one place and having more information is always great for the consumer. It's always great for a consumer to know that they can go to one location and they can have more, more information about themselves. And the person that's caring for them has the, the information that they need at the right time. The right information, the right time in the right place is what's really key. What's really important is how you use that data in service to the consumer. And that it's consumer centric and consumer focused and because as a provider, it's really not about me, right? It's about how I can use data and use location and use resource to better serve a consumer because it really should be about them.
0: CVS and Aetna have a vision for a new way of caring for people, driven largely by the changes that tech and tech companies are bringing to the market. Their consumer-mindedness is also very reminiscent of Amazon. And the deal between the two isn't exactly one of a kind, but there are lots of elements that make it stand out.
1: Here's Christina again. Well, this is a huge deal. It's probably the biggest of the year from an M&A standpoint. And it, it comes with kind of a lot of considerations um, some people are very concerned that it's yet more consolidation in the healthcare industry, um, which is going to make it even harder for any any startups to enter the space. And that is a, a legitimate fear and, and concern. On the other hand, you know there's a lot of people out there that, that like the sort of way in which this is being marketed, um, the way in which both CEOs of uh, CVS and Aetna are talking about this merger. Um, both have talked about the sort of front door for healthcare. Um, and how they want to bring um healthcare closer to the consumer. They want to be able to reach the consumer at home. They want to be local um, rather than expecting a person to kind of stay out of the healthcare system until they get sick and end up in an emergency room. Um, so all of this is, is potentially about increasing value and, and lowering costs. Um, and technology plays a huge role in that.
0: So what does this mean for the end goal of the health system, keeping people healthy? Are these changes good for patients? Could they be problematic? We'll try to answer those questions
2: after the break. GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast is brought to you by Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group. Helping to shift the industry from sick care to health care. Providence St. Joseph Health empowers people to take a greater role in managing and improving their health. Building on Providence's history as a disruptor, the Digital and Innovation Group leverages best-in-class digital tools to reimagine a better consumer experience in healthcare. Building healthier communities requires meaningful and personalized relationships that make Providence St. Joseph Health a trusted partner in people's lives. Follow the Digital and Innovation Group on Twitter at ProvInnovation. That's twitter.com slash P-R-O-V innovation. Now back to the show.
0: Welcome back. Today, we're talking about the merger between CBS and Aetna and what it says about healthcare today, and especially tech's role in healthcare. One of the big questions being debated right now is Are the merger and the larger trends behind it going to be good for patients? That's a hard question to answer, but let's look at a few different things that could happen. CBS and Aetna have argued that together they can work to lower costs, which would be better for patients. Aaron Katz has been looking at mergers like this for a long time, and he isn't so sure that'll happen
3: our experience to date with all kinds of mergers and consolidations is that's almost never the case and one reason is that larger bulked up provider systems are better able to negotiate higher prices so in fact it's sort of it's somewhat counterintuitive but that's the way it works in the in the healthcare system
0: for etna customers there might be other drawbacks
3: people who have Aetna insurance At this point in time, depending on the market that they're in, the locale that they're in, they may be able to go to Walgreens or Bartels or CVS for their um, prescriptions. Um, You know, I think a possibility would be that uh, people who have Aetna insurance may be restricted to CVS pharmacies. So that kind of reduces... Uh, the choice that patients have. So those are at least two downsides of a merger like this.
0: Those issues are still up in the air. We know what's happened in the past, but we can't say for sure what will happen this time. But there's another problem Aaron sees, and this one is much better documented. It's the idea of transactional health care. Instead of building a relationship with my doctor and seeing them again and again for my healthcare needs, I might sometimes go into a local clinic or use a telemedicine service, and get care from a doctor I've never met before who doesn't know anything about me or my health.
3: I mean, I think the, you know, sort of transactional relationships with health care providers, I think, are very problematic um, because the the research that's been going on for decades pretty pretty well shows that both patients' experiences with health care and the outcomes of that, of that care are related to continuity. So, the The knowledge that a provider has of you as an individual, of your life, of your life circumstance, and your history going back, and an episodic interaction with a provider um, doesn't carry that historical knowledge at all. Medicine, although aided by technology, continues to be very dependent on relationships and Artistry in a sense, right? Medicine as art, of, of trying to understand the whole person and where this particular problem that you're presenting fits in with the, your whole life.
0: That being said, using technology or going into a clinic doesn't necessarily mean that healthcare will be transactional. In fact, technology can be a really great way to build the relationship between a patient and their provider. Ivor says that's something people sometimes miss about technology and how it's used in healthcare. It isn't
4: all about the technology and getting rid of the people. In fact, it's the other way around. There's a misconception that technology is a, one a silver bullet and that it's going to solve everything, and two, that it's going to take over. And I think healthcare is about service and technology supporting and facilitating that service. And there are so many ways that technology can do that now um, that we need to and should take advantage of to transform healthcare not just to make it more efficient, but to make it more effective as well. And as we learn more, as we get more data, that we're using that to personalize the way that we provide care, such that I, as a provider, I have information in front of me, and I can say these are better options for this patient because there's data that's pulled from thousands and millions of resources that I, as an individual, as a human, can't possibly contain and keep all of that information in front of me. And I think this mistake that technology is going to take over is not true. It's absolutely going to facilitate what we do. It's absolutely going to make what we do better. But it means that I don't have to contain everything in my brain, and a person is not limited in my care by what I can remember. So there's real space for technology to have a positive
0: impact and improve patient care, patient experience, lower costs. It has to be used in the right way, though. Regardless of how it's used, technology is having an impact. And in the health industry in particular, it's doing what it does really, really well. It's moving paradigms. So there are a few different trends in healthcare right now that are changing the way that the system works. And tech is tied into a lot of those. One part of it is changing the way we think about how we treat people. So instead of just treating people after they get sick, the industry is moving towards helping people prevent getting sick or catching problems extremely early on when they're easier to treat. Before the merger, Aetna actually considered covering the Apple Watch as a healthcare device because it can help detect diseases. Other technology is also finding applications to keep people healthy, sometimes without even being intended for that purpose
4: people are hacking their devices and their echoes by making it such that now my parent, my elderly parent can stay home longer because I can do remote monitoring and remote communication with my elderly parent in a way that I couldn't before. And we know that people are healthier and live longer if they can stay in their homes. And it's those sorts of things around how we can begin to not just think about a sick care system where we're taking care of sick people, but working to help people stay well and maintain their, what I call their life flow, and how we incorporate health in the way that we provide health and health care into the way that they live. I think technology is allowing us to do that. It's allowing us to understand what happens when people are outside the four walls of a healthcare building.
0: Tech is also tied into things outside what we might consider traditional health. You're not just sick inside the doctor's office and your health isn't just impacted by your body. It's also influenced by your living situation, your financial situation, your mental health. There's no point in prescribing a medicine to someone if they can't pay for it or if they're not going to remember to take it. One focus of tech is to help doctors get that information and have it in front of them so they can treat the whole person and not just the person's disease. And that trend is also changing how things are paid for in the health system. Insurance companies are saying more and more, you can't just charge people every time you give them a service. They're moving towards what's called a fee-for-value model, which basically means a provider gets paid when a patient gets better, not just when they get a treatment.
1: And in that new model, you need to be able to provide care and services for people, not just when they're in the hospital or in the doctor's office, but when they're at home also. Um, and there's been, you know, a lot of, of talk recently as well about kind of the social determinant stuff, like how, you know, how do we know whether or not this patient, after we send them home, has the right kind of housing um, and social work and, and the care that they need um, to make sure that they stay on those meds and, and don't end up in the ER. And And I think in order to provide that type of a service, you do need to be more integrated.
0: The bottom line is, yes, technology is changing the healthcare industry. It's pushing it to become more innovative, to change in ways that we've kind of seen before, but at the same time are new. There's no way to tell exactly how that's gonna work out, but there is an immense opportunity to change things for the better. Thank you for joining us for this special episode of Health Tech. If you want to subscribe to the show, just search GeekWire Health Tech in your favorite podcast app, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Health Tech is produced and written by me, Claire McGrane, with editing and story help from Todd Bishop. A big thank you to our sponsor, Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group. You can find them on Twitter at ProvInnovation. That's P-R-O-V Innovation. Thanks again for listening and look for us back in your feed in three weeks.